the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download and listen to for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and this week my special guest is Dave Gillam from Abercorn Garden Centre in Chelmsford. Coming up, we'll be answering lots of your gardening questions on everything from apple trees, sunflowers and even the FA Cup. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11. Dave, it's been um, a sunny, warm weekend. <laughs> We've had a little bit of rain off and on. It's made things really grow, hasn't it? It, it has woken the world up, hasn't it? It has indeed. <laughs> so tell us, what's your first tip for the week? Well, we're in the end of May now, so people are itching if they haven't done so already to get out there and plant the hanging baskets and, and containers up. My, my best tip, really, and people always wince when I do it, is if you're buying plants and they've got flowers on them, just pinch them back. Just cut them back. Don't worry about the first flowers. Worry about the season long. And if you can just cut the plants back when you mm. plant them, they're going to bush out, flower for longer, and give you more effect. So just be brave and snip them back a bit. Because they will really grow. Oh, they fly along, mm. don't they? Um, just while we're talking hanging baskets, feeding, regular feeding necessary as well? It is early on. I like to actually use um, a balanced feed early while the plant's growing and then go on to a tomato food when they're flowering and it just sort of bulks them up before you uh, get them flowering. Now, talking of bedding, <laughs> it's time you said to get out bedding plants into the into the garden and make displays. So really, if those violas are still flowering, which some of them are looking <laughs> really good, I'm sorry, it's time to dig them out and actually start with the summer bedding, which we can make huge displays of at this time of the yeah. year. Um, it's worth I uh, something I used to do is actually dig old bedding plants straight back into the ground to use it as a green mulch and that works quite well um, so you can do that that's one way if not take all the bedding out pull it out and use it as compost because it makes great compost soon it? break down won't it? then go down to your local garden centre or nursery buy some decent lovely looking plants and as Dave said it's worth picking the old the, the, the flowers, flowers off, off the first flowers off some plants, like anti-rhinum is a good example, pick mm. the middles out to make them branch, yeah? Yeah. Plant them in and give them a blooming good soak. <laughs> Isn't that important? It is, because we don't know what we're going to get. And no. if you can just get them started, get them roots out, and then they'll be a bit more tolerant. But when you've given them a good soak, don't keep watering them. No. Then leave them and let them... Let them get out there and get, get them the roots in. And again, feeding's important, isn't it? Yeah. You should have put food on the first time, granular feed... Work Ideally, it work it in and yeah. then just a bit along the way if you can remember. People, if you, people tend to forget. It does help though, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Um, veg patches, oh, if yes. we're in a big planting mode, we can all go out there and fill our veg patches up. Um, my advice is don't fill them up because <laughs> if you do, you're just going to have a glut of, of food all at the same time. So try, perhaps get two thirds in, hold a third back for a little bit longer and then plant successional crops or things you've already planted to come through a bit later in the season. It saves a bit of freezer space, and then it keeps it fresher and perfect. And also, if not, if you sow all the lettuce seeds at once, you're throwing half the lettuce away, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you just can't eat them all, no. and they grow grow so quick. So just give it a bit of gap between them, and, and then you've got full season. And big hot radish aren't nice, are no. they? No, <laughs> no, it's the same thing. Well, we've stayed. We keep talking feeding, and I'm going to say feeding on feeding of lawns. Now we've had some a reasonable amount of rain actually that's made the lawns lush and growing again. Yeah. But you need to feed them to keep them going. Now, if it doesn't go hot and dry again, you could use a granular feed. But if a granular feed doesn't get watered in within, well, 24 hours, isn't mm. it, roughly, Dave, yeah. it's worth giving them a really good soak, about half hour on each section. Yeah. And that will soak the feed into the lawn. But it's got to be a good soak. If it's you just dampen soak. it, it, it will scorch the grass. It, yeah, it does indeed. Now, talking scorching grass... Lawn feeding is quite something that we have to watch out for. Now, if we go into a dry spell, which none of us know what will happen, <laughs> if we do and we still want to feed the lawn, the one that you can use is a liquid feed, and that's yeah. the only one that you can use if we're in drought conditions. And I've seen several people who have used them through this last dry period, and the effect is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. They come up beautifully. They're, they're very reactive to, they to, to liquid feeds. So they are. There's your feeding, and I don't do much feeding weed at this time of year i just feed no hopefully that's done by now yeah give yeah. it a good feed make <laughs> it green make it look good quicker it grows the less chance the weeds have got that's to feed. it 
Well, I've got to say, Dahlia's... You, you had to, didn't you? <laughs> Our man Dahlia's got to get it in. Dahlia's, we're planting everything. Now we can get them Dahlia's out. I think we're, we're going to be clear of frost. Get them in the ground. Prepare the ground well. I tell, I've been using a bit of blood fish and bone mm-hmm. and uh, a poultry pellet, but this one's mixed with seaweed meal as well, which for me is just ideal. Seaweed and poultry in one. Um, get it in the ground. I've done mine actually a week ago. The, the fertiliser went in. Luckily, we've had a bit of rain, just so it can start working before the plants hit the soil, because it often takes a few few days to get going. Don't shouldn't need to stake them, because um, hopefully they're not that tall yet. But just keep an eye on them slugs. A few slug pellets around and aphids again. Just spray them before you plant, and that should hold them at bay. Now you said put fertilizer in first. So do you actually? When do you start feeding? Not till the flower buds start. Liquid Do you need feeds, any feed? I, I feed all the way through, but then you're I'm, trying to show, them, yeah. Aren't I'm, you? I'm trying to build bodybuilders, but really, if you put a good base dressing down, that should see the plant right through to, to when the buds start to show. And then I would start using a bit of tomorite or, or just a high potash feed just to keep them stems nice and stiff and just helps the sort of robustness of the flower. And plenty, plenty of water because they water. are thirsty devils they are they? they've got big old hollow stems and they're lichen filled with water is it worth mulching around to hold the moisture around I always do with <coughs> some straw um, but if you've got garden compost or anything like that pl- all plants enjoy a mulch um, especially through the summer months just stops that, that ground getting quite so hot and drying so quick there you are there's our daily man with his daily tips as well thanks Dave thank you The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. On this podcast every week we like to tell you about some of those gardens that are open to the public and you can get along to. Clubs, all those sort of things. So come on, if you've got a gardening event, I'll give you the address at the end of the list. So listen out for that and get your pens and pencils ready. Hardy Plant Society, part of a celebration to mark their Diamond Jubilee of the Hardy Plant Society this year, have got 60 Hardy Plant Society members opening their gardens to the public. Each garden is charging an entry fee, which most of the money will go to nominated charities by the owner. Full list of gardens you can get by visiting their site. Now have a look at their site, www.hardy-plant.org. Dot uk forward slash blog forward slash jubilee hyphen open hyphen gardens that's a bit of a mouthful but go to the hardy plant society look out for their jubilee open gardens i'm sure you'll find them so this is the first of june at eight o'clock the tip tree garden club has a talk on permaculture and that's by ben lambert entries two pound for members three pound for visitors raffle refreshments all those usual things and then our well-known expert that we have in off and on for here at BBC Essex, Lucy Chamberlain, on the 3rd of June. She's running um, a sort of a course on vegetable gardening. Uh, the day begins with Victorian Wall Garden in Donnyland Hall. That's East Donnyland Hall, sorry. And you'll gain inspiration on how to incorporate elements such as fan train fruit trees, productive greenhouse, vegetable beds. In t- and the idea is that you incorporate the ideas into your own smaller garden and after a delicious homemade homegrown lunch you're down to lucy's own fruit and veg garden down the road to see how a grand kitchen garden elements can be effortlessly transferred into a smaller pot Uh, the course can be found on www.cottagegardenschool.co.uk sunday the 4th of june 2 till 6 this year the gardens of Coggeshaw invite you to see their gardens through the artist's eyes. Throughout the afternoon, there will be local artists exploring the shapes, colours and textures that make up gardens through their paintings and drawings. So come on, tickets £5 each, children under 12 are free, tickets on sale in advance from the Chapel Inn and on the day in the Market Square. Just in a bit of advance warning, 17th of June, matching Charity Farmers Market at the Village Hall, Fresh produce from local farmers and producers, including meats, cakes and eggs. So they are. There's some of the events around the county. If you want to get your event mentioned on the BBC Essex Gardening podcast, all you need to do is drop me a line at, on the email to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk or put it in the post to Ken Crowther at BBC Essex, PO Box 765, Chelmsford CM2 9XB. 
the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther every Saturday from 11. Coming up next, myself and Dave will be answering your gardening questions and we'll start with Jackie in West Burkholt. Oh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, got a problem with a hydrangea. A friend bought it for me in the summer of 2015. Really lovely, blue flowers, gorgeous. We repotted it last year, not a flower head in sight. And it does, I mean, the plant itself looks really healthy, mm. lovely green leaves and looks, you know, but just no flowers. What can that be? Do you know? Did you, when it flowered last year, did you prune it or leave it? No, I left it. Well, well no, I didn't need to. Normally, I'd, you know, wait till the spring and take the dead flowers off. But no, I've left it. So hang on. Have you pruned it at all? No, it's only, it's quite a young plant. It's only about a foot high and it didn't oh. seem as though it needed Done. pruning. Yeah, it may be, probably when it was first grown, it was given the, the ideal conditions to flower. Right. You've potted it would... up and it's it suddenly decided, I'm going to just grow this year, I'm not going to flower this and year. And it could do that for a couple of years, yeah. couldn't it, Dave, easily? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I was expecting it because I received how, it in flower. How many, how many branches you got on it now? Um... Oh, I'm looking at it. Out I the mean, has it got lots now. or just two or three? Um, more than that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, I was going to say prune. I'd, I'd prune it if it only had two or three, but yeah. if it's got more, leave it alone. Yeah. I think yeah, you'll no, find it to settle into it and you'll get flowers again. Yeah, um, it really does it work, look very tomato healthy. food? Yeah. Well, when, you know, when you was given it, what time of the year was it when it was in flower? In the summer. Yeah. Oh, that's about normal time yeah. then, that's right. I think you just Patience. potted it up and it's enjoying a good good growing spell. Would you give it any tomato food at this time of year to try and help develop buds? Or No reason why not. Mm. I'd, I'd, probably later it would be, uh, be the time. Let's go now to Vicky in Westcliff. Hi, Vicky. Hello, good morning to you. I've got an, an apple tree. Well, when I say apple tree, it's only a little sapling. Oh, how lovely. three years old. Mm -hmm. But it's full of apples. That's all right. I know that's wrong. They've got... a how many do I take off? Well, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, June drop, haven't we, Dave? Yes, yeah. yeah. We've got June drop. Yeah. Now, June drop, the, where the, plant the tree will, sort itself, will sort itself out to a high degree. Oh. So it will drop apples. Yeah. And then then, a lot on there. No, that's fine. Let, let it do that. Don't worry about thinning apples till, what, the end of June at the yeah, earliest, really? Let let nature take its course, and then if you look at the tree afterwards and think, well, there's a, there's a bit of a close cut cluster there and a close cluster there. Just pick a few off, but let let okay. nature take its course first. You'll find a lot of those will drop off um, during yeah. June. And can right. I tell you about my snails? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a laburnum tree, and I happen to just be looking at the, and I've got forty eight snails off. 48 <laughs> 48 I got 22 the first time I couldn't believe my eyes have you got I the garlic butter ready I for them I want to know what you seven. what do you do with them put them in a bucket of salt water oh <laughs> oh they, I see that, that's lovely got rid now, they've stopped now they were tiny little ones and great big ones well, I bet they have if you've removed that many I reckon you've killed the local <laughs> local population yeah, now I won't get any in the garden oh you won't at all <laughs> anyway that's a good story they are that's uh, how do you get rid of your, <laughs> your snuffles it's a bit that's, cruel it's isn't quite it? a collection isn't it that's, yeah. that's a lot isn't it Margaret from Walton on the Nays what's the weather like in Walton is it sunny now no 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 not yet there's still very black clouds but oh. it's brightened up a little yeah you wait it'll be sunny and glorious it is here in Chelmsford so come on what you oh. got in your garden weeds weeds <laughs> aren't you lucky god dear oh dear <laughs> at least you I've can grow corner, the, the main problem is that I have got a corner of the garden right up the front um, bounded by my neighbour's open work fence and a wall um, on the, the roadside um, in front of these weeds, they're up a bank. I've got two, two banks built up there. Um, they're up a bank. At the front, I've got an iceberg rose. And at the back, by the wall, there's a euonymus and a fuchsia fighting for each other for mm -hmm. space. Um, but in the very corner, I have got, which is about, I would think, about a yard forward to the iceberg and about three quarters to the fuchsia and the euonymus, um, 
there's a little black hole which is like a dark cave underneath all the stuff over the top. And all I keep getting out of there is sticky weeds, and I have to go down on my hands and knees to crawl into there to get to it. Okay. Um, sticky weeds, bindweed. Um, now, have you got, hang on, have you got any plants that you value in this area? The iceberg and the fuchsia. You can, you, you you're probably the, better to use Hang on, a, hang on, let Dave tell you what he thinks you should use. You should okay. better to use a weed killer rather than keep pulling them out because you're probably finding that spreading you're leaving the seed and spreading some seed. The, to, right. If you use something like a Roundup, a good uh, glyphosate based weed killer, you can apply it straight to the leaf and it'll go down and kill the root. What you don't want to do is get that on the plants you want to keep. So if you've got some cardboard or something like that just to use as a shield, oh, right. then you can spray the weeds and keep the plants safe from the uh, spray. Pick a calm right. day. <laughs> and especially either end of the day rather yeah. than hot sun. Either end yes, um, and spray. But just use a, a nice piece of cardboard and you can use it as a shield. And then you've got more chance of, of knocking it out properly rather than sort of spreading it and keep it coming back again. Okay. Oh, that's great. Yes, yes, because um, it, it's going through to my neighbour's fence. My no, neighbour well has trouble as well. And yeah, she, yeah. You know, it, now, I don't want to kill anything her side. No, Viv, um, you, you won't. Um, the, the, the weed killer that Dave has recommended, it is neutral when it hits the ground. Right. It yeah. only kills things that it's green that it touches. So that's why you have to shield the plants with a bit of cardboard that you value. So it's right. perfectly safe to use. Um, and and you will have to possibly do two applications. Right, OK, then. Um, after I've done this and hopefully got rid of these weeds, what can I put there to prevent them regrowing? Because, as I say, my neighbour's got a problem as well. I'd keep hoeing it. Yeah, two choices. You could keep hoeing it or you could put some landscape fabric down and just cover that to, to cover the area or plant something you do want to fight it out. That number to call is 0300 200 4041. Viv from Stanford La Hope. What, uh, what question have you got for us, Viv? Well, I've got two quick ones, actually. Um, what soil do I need for um, patio-sized lab lavateria? They'll be in tubs, but I'm not sure what soil to use. John is number three. Righty-ho, thank you. That's and a, just to remind anybody else, the reason he's saying John in his number three is his soil-based compost. Soil-based, And right. it will last longer and it will hold, hold nutrients to a better degree as yeah. well. OK. And can I just ask you a quick one about... I've just been down the garden and my small patio apple tree has been absolutely smothered in fungus. All the leaves are all shriveled up and everything. I don't know if I've done the right thing, but I've cut it all back, right, and left, like, gone back past the fungi and that, and left all the nice clean roots, clean <laughs> branches... And I've just fed it. Have I done the right thing or not? Well, maybe yes, maybe no, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the answer. What you'll probably find, what that, that it, fungus and the distortion is probably aphids on the new growing tips. Um, yes. and there's that, a lot of that this year. There's a lot it, about. It was so, really bad, and I can't use the sprays because it affects me breathing, so it's awkward for me. Oh, yeah. Well, so if you can't... Pick, and I thought the ants would do the trick. I thought they might get no, them. No, no, the, the ants are putting them there in the first place. It's the ants yeah. that are farming them, so they're, doing, they're putting them there to, to oh. farm from them so when you see ants they're not helping you they're, they're against hindering you, you. oh I always thought ants were a good thing <laughs> no, no. Not, not with aphids they put no, them up there so they can have to sap out the back end of them if you get a lot of um, aphids a lot of ants in your soil like in your tubs is it best to get rid of them then well, yeah. that's for a different reason. That's because they make holes through your soil and therefore expose the roots to air. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. are best to get rid of them. Use a good ant killer. Oh, well, right. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't like killing animals. <laughs> no, you, well, sometimes they're... Let's think of them as pests. Yes. Yeah, OK. All right? Well, I, I wouldn't have been out of kill snails because I've got hedgehogs. So <laughs> no, I'll give... Or, or yeah, you have to be careful there. I agree with you. Um, let's now go to Phyllis in Wivenhoe. Hello, Phyllis. Hello, Karen. Good morning. And good morning to your friend. Good morning. Um, two things, but quickly. I'm moving my garden around, which has resulted in me digging every single bulb up, and I'm preparing a very large area to put every single bulb all together so that they can just do what they want and grow naturally. Yep. But what I want to know is, do I cut the greenery off now? They're in the shed and they're drying off. Now, do I have to sort of 
make them look as good as new as if I'd bought them from the shop, or what do I do? Um, if it's staffs and tulips and things, it's probably a bit early lifting them. Um, I would definitely leave the tops on and let them, they will naturally sort of go back into the bulb a bit themselves, go dry and crispy, and then you can tidy them up. But I would leave them on as long as possible. Okay. The other ones I've got, I mean, I've got just about every bulb you can Doesn't matter. Of, really. Doesn't, Doesn't matter, matter what bulb they are, the nutrients are running back into the bulb while oh, they're dry. Right. So I've just cut them down and leave them. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Don't cut them, de- don't cut the them down one, now. No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Don't yes. cut them. Don't cut them down yet. Wait till they've changed colour and okay, gone brownie right. colour. Yeah. Yep. Thank you very much. Right now, my olive tree. Yep. I have <clears throat> masses of possible berries that are coming. Your flowers mm-hmm. on every branch. Yeah. Now I feed them once a month. The the tree. It's probably about ten, ten feet tall now. Yeah. Yep. Um. Is there anything I can do to save them and protect them? They're in a rather windy area. Um, you, it's down to the year. If it's a good year and we get a nice long later summer, you'll have fruit. If we get some cold snaps and variations they'll later on, they'll drop off. So there's not a lot you can do. It's not worth trying to fleece it or protect it. you just got to see what Mother Nature deals with this, this season. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther, every Saturday from 11. Yes, and uh, Rob says, uh, he's sent us a text, and he says, purchase geraniums, they're a little lanky. He shouldn't have purchased them if they were lanky, <laughs> should he? But anyway, he's got them, they're lanky. Does he nip the tops out or leave them in the pots for a few days? What would you do? Do them straight away? Or I do would them? nip the tops out and plant them. Yeah, Straight away? Yep. They are. Nip the tops out, Rob. You can get out there. Well, straight after the programme, of yeah, course. Listen You're listening. first. Listen first. Um, could you tell me how to take cuttings from Jack Manny, Jack Manai clematis? Oh, wouldn't I go and buy another one? But you <laughs> you can take them, but you it's... Can. Probably the easiest way to try to do it is to try to layer it. If you can bring a stem down and just sort of pin Tuck it, it into the ground. The ground and see with a can, pin, yeah. with a sort of circular pin. And if yep. it roots, it roots. If it don't, you've not wasted too much. Try that. But if not, I'd go and buy one. They're not that dear, are they? Tenor. Tenor. It's nothing, is it? Uh, Peter from Kelverdon. Hello, Peter. Oh, good morning to you. <coughs> Lupi- yes. Lupins were talking, aren't we? Yeah, I know everybody probably phones up about these. But what, <laughs> I purchased uh, two lovely um, West Country Lupin King Canutes. Yeah, the West uh, Country uh, ones, the West Country yeah. ones, just for other people, the West Country ones are these new Lupins that are a better variety, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, new strain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I purchased those from a, a famous plant uh, yep. uh, garden centre around here, <coughs> excuse me, last September. And they're, they're looking lovely and bushy this this summer, but there are no no flowers coming at all. There, there's no reason why they shouldn't. Shouldn't they be? They're not, they're not a late looping by any chance, are they? Well, when you first buy them, they've been grown... And forced. <coughs> and yeah. Like not, yeah, under some protection, and they often are flowering earlier when you get them than they would naturally once they've gone through a fall winter. I think winter. it's not too late, is it? No, the, the no. buds are probably just sitting down in there waiting to come. They are a little bit later than most. The only I thing... I them uh, Echinacea feed just when they started to grow this year. I don't suppose there was anything wrong with that. Um, I wouldn't normally give them Echinacea feed, but um, no, just a standard feed is fine. Okay. Um, but if you've got the... if. Looping struggle over winter sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but if you've got it through the winter and it's growing, no reason it shouldn't flower. All right. Uh, okay, lovely. Thanks Keep us that. in touch, Peter, and watch out for aphid. Looping yeah. aphid, a uh, grey aphid that's in the base of it. Look out for that because if you see it, first signs, give it a spray because they really need it. It's a nasty one, isn't it? Does it does get hold of them. does get hold of them. Bill from Elmstead Market. Hello, Bill. Yes, uh, good morning, Ken and Dave. Um, I've got uh, potatoes growing. I was hit by that big frost, if you can remember, I phoned <laughs> yeah. up. Yes. Um, they seem to have recovered. They will. Jubbly. Yep. Um, I've, I was tempted to dig one up, and I did. And there's very, very small potatoes. Very oh, small. So, yeah, but they're too small to eat, really. Yeah, it was too um, early, yeah. <laughs> it's early? Well, it says on the packet... It says on the packet yeah. uh, between ten and twelve weeks. Well, they've been in twelve weeks. Yes, but now. remember what you what happened to your potatoes is they got hit by frost, which 
Yes. It's basically like saying to you, stop growing, stop growing, yeah. and they'll stop okay. growing for a few weeks, and right. then they start so growing again. So the next question is, when should I? When do I know they'll be ready? You'll know they're ready when they're just finishing flowering. Okay. okay. That's, that's always the key. And you can also okay. put a fork under the side and just lift them a little bit, have a little yep. bit of a feel, and if they're ripe, you can go for it. It's as simple as that. All right? Uh, he's been too impatient, hasn't he? Alan okay. from Dagenham. Hi, Alan. Morning. Yeah, oh. I've got a problem with with irises. Which iris is it? Is it the one with the with the that the lays on the iris. top? The flag iris is it? Well, I don't know. Uh, flag. <laughs> okay, but tell I'm, us tell us what the problem yellow. is. Tell yellow flowers. Yellow ones, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Come on. They what's wrong with it? A couple of weeks ago, but it's lovely. But but now they have these these. There's, there's flowers trying to come out and they're screwing up and going brown. What Does do that mean? sound like a Dutch iris? I wonder if it's a Dutch iris. Yeah, they, they would have flowered by now. Yeah. Before. Um, think, so they're not actually opening? Yeah, they're, 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 they're trying to open, but they're, but they're shriveling up. Shriveling up on root. Sounds like yeah. dryness, doesn't yeah. it, normally? Uh, normally, if it's, it sounds like a, a the normal iris, and they do like a bit of moisture, although they generally like the roots... Being when they're flowering, they're uh, sunny, so um, it could be just a bit of dryness and it's not, not allowing the flower to open. So I'll give them a real good soaking. I know we've had some rain, but um, and see what happens. Yeah, give them a real good soaking. Yeah, yeah. all right. And Alan, come, Alan, come back to us and let us know how you get on because we're always interested to see whether we're helping or maybe hindering, who knows. <laughs> um, let's go to Mike in Colchester. Hello, Mike. What, what's hello. up What's up hello, with your flowers? Uh, nothing is a gift from nature. I've been gifted, what I've been told is, Lunaria honesty, mm-hmm. and the blossom's gone. And on stems now, I've got translucent seed pods with about five to seven seeds. What do I do with them all? There's <laughs> Well, it's just it's just honesty. That's what it That's is. That's what it does. Um, you can keep the seeds, and then you can sow them again for the following year. You leave them on because they look attractive. Yeah, but it, some what? people use it as like a dry stem in in the vase, you know. So do I just leave it, or do I take them off and plant them, or? I would pick them off and perhaps sow them. Sow them in a bit of compost, and you've got your next lot of plants on the way. It's nice to get a free gift from nature, isn't it? It, it is, is indeed, Mike. It's not often, is it? <laughs> Should be a little black seed inside that case. Okay. Well, it's between five and seven. But thanks That's for it. advice. Let, um, again, Mike, when you've trialled them and you've got them growing, give us a call and let us know how you're getting on with them. Yeah, good to hear. Okay, no, thanks for time. Thank you. That's Mike from Colchester. And we go to Dave from... Hello, Dave. Hello, mate. Uh, good morning, dude. Uh, it's Ken and Dave, isn't it? It's it Ken is. and Dave from morning, Dave, yeah. yeah. I've got a... My son has brought me a Cycus Revoluta, mm-hmm. Evergreen Palm. Yeah. Now, how do I keep it manageable and under control? Is it... Do I prune it? What happens when it cool. starts getting you, bigger? It's in a pot, and I don't okay. intend putting it in the ground. I intend keeping it in a pot. Then you should be fine. They won't get that big. They tend to form like a bulbous stem at the base and then you get multiple shoots on them. Um, it's not something that's going to go up like a, a tree or anything like that. If you've just brought it, chances are it's in a slightly too small a pot yeah. to keep it alive, though, isn't so it? Get it? Put into it into a, a decent container. Yeah, with, again, the John in his number three, the soil-based compost. Right. Um, and you'll be able to keep that in a, a, a decent-sized pot for all its life really they don't get too huge um, uh, well I know Kew Gardens have got one that's 220 years old well yeah yeah well when yours is it might get a bit big but <laughs> that won't be your problem will it <laughs> is that all do you need to feed them at all Dave would you it's worth it if you're growing anything in pots it's worth just putting a bit of I, I tend to use a bit of blood fish and bone or something on the top now and again just oh, to give right. them something to chew on so they are. That's a nice one, but um, I'm. I wonder how how many years he'll keep it for. <laughs> we won't. I'm not going to ask that question, Dave, because it will be showing your age, won't it? Let's move on. The number to call is 0300 200 4041. It's Ken Crowther and Dave Gillam here answering your gardening questions here on BBC Essex. Don't forget, if you've missed any of the questions, you the podcast is available. You just go to the front end of our website here at BBC Essex and you can pick up on the podcast. You should use also added tips 
and information about the events around the county. Let's talk to Paul from Eastwood about your Victoria plum tree. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. I'm in a serious problem here. Uh, <laughs> Victoria plum is in the middle bed, went in in 2011, and last year and this year, stacks of bloom, blossom, I thought it was going to have loads of lovely plums, but all of my leaves have gone brown and horrible, and it looks absolutely horrible, and we're desperate to know what to do with it. I think you've uh, probably been hit by really aphids. Sad. You've been hit by aphids probably a little while ago, and, and you're now seeing the effect of that. I, I tried at the end of last year, you know you can buy these winter wash things, yeah. which I went to a big garden centre and I bought, um, tried spraying it, uh, obviously the best, best use of you can as a mm. DIYer. Uh, should I have had it done professionally? Do you think? No, it no. doesn't matter who does it. I mean, that will do for some It'll things, help, but, but it's not great. What you've, what's happened is the aphids, and the aphids only come about in the spring, and they've just got on that new new growth, and they've yeah. they've given it a good scene. Too. Are you getting any new growth coming? New leaves yeah, coming? I, I am on the very very ends. I'm yeah. That's right. Now there is that's about all right. 50 mil, two inches of new growth. Yeah. Well, when you get your new growth, watch your game for aphid. And if you think, if just open them up, see if there's any aphid on there and spray those ends so they've got, the tree has got uh, leaves to work on. All right? Yeah, it's such a shame. Um, You'll hold it. It'll be all right as long as you just keep on top. Now. Yeah. And, and uh, have you got plenty of plums? Yes. Good. Well, we look forward to some of those then when they're nice <laughs> and ripe. Is that all right, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much, Gemma. But watch, right. watch, watch for watch for those aphids, and as they as they come, you need to actually just you spray have to them. Sort of don't treat you? some of these trees like roses, just to do it at the first break as a preventative, because once they're there, and it's then too off late. you go. Yeah. Sue from Battlesbridge. Oh, you're going to do us an update on your wisteria. Now, tell us back just briefly what happened to it, Sue. Hello. Um, well, I phoned you last. I think it was last week, and yep. said um, all the leaves and the flowers yep. had gone completely brown and shriveled up and looked a complete mess. And we said go back down the wood, didn't we, and check the wood? That's right. Yeah, I checked the wood, and that's green yep. underneath. But the very good news is this week it sprouted. There a load you of go. New you see. <laughs> see, you have to. And what you have to do, you see, you have to have faith in yeah. plants. And it's rained. Yeah. And it's rained. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other thing oh well with that I appreciate do I feed and water it now because it's obviously had a bit of a it has problem. to have a bit of leaf doesn't yeah, it yeah it has to have a bit of leaf so just keep watering it um, and then yeah you can always just put a bit, bit, bit of face dressing down or something or, or liquid seaweed yeah, might help, help it yeah but right. just don't let it dry right. out <laughs> no right okay um, and also I've got a box hedging which is probably about five foot tall now I'm not there's quite a lot of it I'm not actually worried what it looks like at the moment would it be alright to cut this right back it's very bare at the bottom that's quite a big box hedge five foot it, oh it's huge it's, it's been there for donkey years right. um, when I actually bought the house 20 years ago I it ran from where one row planted, only just one row, but it ran from that back to the house, which yeah. is about 30 mm. foot away, My, and to the road, about another 20 foot. So it had a 50 foot spread. There is a risk, isn't there, Dave? Is, there's a risk, Dave, isn't a, there? We a cut little in. bit, but I, I tend to... Box will regenerate from old wood as long as it's not so old. So as long as you're not just leaving really hefty stems, then have a little go. Um, but just don't go too heavy-handed. <laughs> OK. Um, so, yes, and again, good feed. Good feed and Seaweed water. feed, and you could do it over the top of it if yeah. there's any green and it will absorb through the leaves. Uh, Sue, best of luck, Jim Battlesbridge, and Maureen from Basildon. Hello, Maureen. Hello, Ken and Dave. I'm ringing because I've been given a plant as a present and I have no idea what it is. Oh, give it back. <laughs> so I don't know. What's it? Come on, then. House plant, outdoor plant, what is it? It's, it's well, presumably it's a garden plant. It's been in the garden since I got it, and it was bought in a garden centre. Okay. It looks nothing like any garden plant I've ever seen, but exactly like ribwort, plantain, you know, the weed or wildflower. Right. It's not a hostel, is it? Uh, well, I don't think so, no, but it's, it's got exactly the same flowers and the leaf structure as, as the ribwort, but instead of the flowers being a kind of weedy, kind of, you know, half-greeny kind of colour, mm -hmm. the flowers at the top are like a, a deep red, sort of pinky red, and they're a, instead of the little white rough you get at the bottom of the ribwort, you've got a little lilac rough, which is very pretty. Um, what's my... I'm trying to think of... Um, 
because we've had some at work. Have you? Um, well, that's what. I'm, it's, what's the ragged robin? Oh, yeah, <laughs> ragged robin. Because yes. there's some quite a few different um, colour variants of that coming through now. Which, what new ones with different mixed yeah. colours? And I'm wondering whether it could be that. Tell you what, Maureen. Take a picture. While we're thinking about <laughs> it, if not, take a picture and send it to us. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid I haven't got um, I haven't got any kind of photographic equipment. <laughs> okay, someone else, look up Ragged Robin. Tell us what his name is, and we'll see if we can get it for you. Come on, <laughs> I think it might be. There's a few. Uh, we'll about have a like think that. about it while we're on. All right. Okay, yes, so if, if I keep listening, maybe someone will, will um, ring in. And also I could look up Ragley and Robin on the internet, couldn't yes, I? You could indeed. And, say, and then can you just come back to us and let us know whether it is or it isn't? We'd like to know as well, Maureen. How about okay. that? Okay, it's very pretty, very attractive. It's mm. like a, a rib work that someone, a little child, has coloured in brighter colours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, okay. Thank you. Maureen's going to tell us. You see, we can't instantly answer absolutely everything because you've got headfuls of all sorts of information. Um, hello, Unity. You're from Malden. Yep. Um, what? I have quite um, a quick question. Uh, how long does it take for a sunflower to flower? How old are you, Unity? I'm nine. You're nine and you're growing sunflower. Is it for a competition at school or is it just for yourself? Uh, well, I got it. I'm a kid and I obviously go to a place called Young Carers. It's not really a school, but I got it there. Oh, right. lovely. And how big is it now? Tell us what the size of it is now. It's roughly about... I can't really tell. I'm not very good at it. Is it as big as your hand or as big as your arm? Probably as long as my arm. Right. Oh, oh it's quite go. tall. That's, yeah, good. that's quite good. That's good. So will it need a cane to hold it to, together? If, if it's one of the tall growing ones, it, then it, um, you need to hold it up with a stick. Yeah, we have got one of them. My mum uh, wrapped a piece of ribbon around that and a piece of uh, stick. Right, that's good. What you what you really want, if you want it to grow really tall, is for it to not flower yet. So the, the better you look after it, so give it some plant food and keep it well watered, it'll grow taller and taller, but they generally flower in around about July time. Yeah, July into August, isn't it? So it's as summer holidays of children start, is start when it starts flowering. they start flowering. So the better you can look after it until then, the taller it'll be and the bigger it'll be. And you're feeding it as well, Unity? Um, well, no, not really, because me and my mum don't have any house feed. Are you, are you putting it in the garden or in a, are you going to keep it in a pot? Well, um, you see, I live in a flat. I don't have a garden. <laughs> well, you need to find yourself a something the size of a bucket. Yeah, if we you can. have got that. We've got like a turquoise massive pot. Uh, it lives good. on my windowsill at the minute. Yeah, so now it's warmer. I would put that into into your your big pot, and then yeah. put it out. If you've got a little, if you've got somewhere outside, you can put it, like a, a, out, um, a balcony or anything. Well, on my doorstep, I can. Does it get? Yeah, that'd be yeah. right. People Anywhere sunny. Out there, so yes. Yes. <laughs> and Unity, come back and let us know how tall it grows and when it flowers. Give us a call Thank when you. that happens, will you? Yes, I will. Thank you. Good luck. Thank much. you very much, Unity. That's Thank a lovely call to get. And it's Lichness. Lichness. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And is that the one that's got the different varieties? There's a few about, yeah. John in Halstead, what would you like to know? Oh, John, you're talking about the FA Cup this afternoon, aren't you? Yes, yes. The reason I phoned up was I heard you talking to Ken... To, to uh, Ray, yes. <laughs> to Ray about uh, the days of the F or the, the FA Cup. Yeah. And you said something about uh, not planting things out until after the FA Cup. That's what my well, dad. My dad always used to say that. Well, the FA Cup is now later in May, considerably later in May than it used to be, and that's horticulturally going to make a big difference, isn't it? Because it used to be either the first or the second weekend in May. We, yeah. uh, we're now at the last Saturday in May, aren't we? I like it, Ray. You've picked me up on that. It's because <laughs> my, my dad used to just quote these things and I just took it for granted, but I never realised it had moved. So, Ray, thank you very much for that. But generally, in horticulture, we reckon the end of May, don't yeah. we? Last so full moon of May. When do you plant out, Ray? Me? Yes. I'm John, Ray Clark. I Sorry, John. About. No, Ray was <laughs> yes. talking about John. Well, when it, do you depends. plant out? When it do you? Depends a bit. You, usually, I, I take a cautious view. But this year, we did plant out a few things earlier on, but then had to be careful of the frost, uh, and did 
cover uh, did earth up potatoes and cover things when we had that really uh, yes. sharp frost yeah. in in April. Although it did nip back my wife's sugar snap peas. <laughs> I bet um, it did. But it didn't kill them. They, they've no. now recovered. It, it took Brilliant. all the tips out. She thought that it was pigeons at first for a while, but then I so we, we researched it and found out that they weren't hardy. Yeah. But they've recovered. They're, they're now about two foot six tall, and they're, they're doing quite well. John, it. I appreciate your call, and I th- and thanks for picking me up on that one. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you very much for your call, John. That's a lovely call. Mario from Braintree. Uh, we're talking with Steers again, aren't we, Mario? Yes, we are, mate. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Dave. Morning. Um, I've got a wisteria. It's about ten years old. Um, it's um, this year. It's done absolutely nothing. It budded out and then completely dead. Right. Not a leaf, not a flower, nothing. Right. We were speaking earlier to a lady with wisteria. Have you scraped the bark back to check whether it's green underneath? Um, no, I haven't. No. But the, the thing is. It's got shoots coming up out of the ground. They so, might not be... Yeah. Uh, do you recall whether it was a grafted wisteria uh, to start with? No, no, it was, it was sent to us by a, a company we bought some plants from. Right. Ha, yeah, has it got a lump at the bottom? A sort of like a, a lump? Well, all I've got now is one... Yeah, there is a big lump here. Now, are it, these shoots below the lump or above the lump? Um... Uh, no, they're coming out of the ground, basically. Yeah, yeah. They're... It sounds like the tops died, and it could be sometimes you get the actual graft itself. I take the bottom ones off. Foul. Yeah. Oh, right. um, and what you're getting from underground is from the root, not necessarily the tops. That's so not the same thing. What I would do is remove all those bottom ones. Scra- yeah. or, no, before that, scrape the bark back. If it's green, take all those bottom ones off and keep your fingers crossed because you never right. know it might come back like that one that we had earlier. Okay, then, mate. Lovely. All right. All right. Thanks very much. Give it a go. And we go to Eddie from Colchester. Hi, Eddie. Morning. We're talking camellias. Is that right? In camellias, yes. I have a camellia right next to my conservatory, but it's around 15, 20 foot tall. <laughs> it's been a little unkept. Uh, I want to cut it back to at least around 8 foot. Could I do that? And if so, when? Well... It's one of those you haven't got a lot of choice, have you? (laughs) Um, And if you're going to do it, do it now. Right. We always reckon May for evergreens. After flowering, you're fine. And it's flowered now, so I would would get into there, give it a good prune. Mostly they do regrow from old wood, but that's quite quite a chop. Right. Is is that possible, or should I just do it over a couple of years? No, I would just, if you're going to do it, do it. Go for it. (laughs) Just do it. Yeah. Lo- like loads that. of water, plenty of feed, and um, see what comes of it. I'm sure it's probably going to be all right, but that's that's quite a haircut. It is indeed. And we go to Jan from Chelmsford. Hello, Jan. Oh, hi there. Um, yes, bananas. I'm not being very good with bananas. The last two years I've had to bought them and I've lost them. So I've replaced this one this year, um, a few weeks ago, but I've got four new shoots coming up from the bottom. Yeah, I do. Can I can I cut them off and repot them up, or or what do I do? <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd let them grow. Um, them pot off, and they do throw out some new shoots. And from sometimes, the base. if you push a bit of uh, compost around them, they'll yeah. produce their own roots, won't yeah. they? And then you can take them off. You want to okay. see that they're sort of being independent before you just cut them off. Um, right. Mostly, people are losing bananas because they are very tender in that winter, and if they get cold and wet, they do seem to suffer. Even the hardy varieties, yeah, the hardy yeah, is I've really had them hardy. In the greenhouse, but I, I think I may have wrapped them up too, too much, and they've sweated. What are you putting around them? To, are you putting polythene around them? A fleece. Fleece. No, just a fleece. Mm. Yeah, no, they should be all right in the greenhouse. Yeah. Perhaps the only thing to watch out when you're doing that in the greenhouse is that you, you allow them to be quite dry. Don't. Over, over water and allow them to dry down and just really keep them ticking along. Mm, I wonder whether just, just as, as I've got bubble wrap in the greenhouse for the winter, just yeah. leave it in there like that. It's probably enough. It. That's just, probably just enough. enough. Yeah, yeah, I'll try that then. Okay, lovely. Thank you for your help. Thank and you. let's uh, we look forward to a bunch of bananas, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> and let's yeah, go on to talk to... We're talking to Yvonne, aren't we? Hello. Christmas morning, trees. Ken and Dave. Morning. It's not Christmas yet. We don't want to talk about Christmas trees <laughs> I've yet. I've got to order them, so yeah. that's just reminded me. <laughs> well, the, yeah, it is a 
about a Christmas tree. We bought yep. um, a live Christmas tree. Um, uh, Christmas just gone with the lovely. bare roots. We've planted it, and it's coming up lovely. It's got loads of little, uh, well, everywhere. It's absolutely full of green new, yeah, you know, the green new leaves yeah. on it and everything else. But when we had a look at it yesterday, because we were just admiring how beautiful it was, there were loads of ants crawling up and down the main stem and clumps of dead ants all over the main stem. And I yeah. don't know what to do to get rid of them. Spray it. What, um, anything in particular? It's not. I wouldn't. It's well, just a good insecticide would be fine. But oh, right. it, the, it's not the ants I'm more worried about. It's probably the the, the aphids that they're then putting into it. Ah, oh, right. Um, okay. So you just don't want those to get a hold on it. Right. Okay. So any insect, any good insecticide? Yeah, bug clear or any of those would be fine. But you just want to sort of make sure that you don't end up with a colony of of aphids in in there because that will. Make a bit of a mess of it. And we go to Graham in Bishop Storford, Chilean potato bush. That's correct. Um, we had roses along one, one fence in the garden, uh-huh. and then, then they came to the end of their natural life, so we looked around for something else. And um, completely by chance, I learned about the Solanum Christmas yep. Nevin. Yep. yep. And we've now got, I've got two now in the, in the, in the garden. One of them three years old, which is nearly eight foot tall. <laughs> and the other one, which is only one year old, which is a metre tall. And it's exactly what we wanted. Excellent. Um, I think if anybody's thinking of, of, uh, of buying one, the most important thing is think, I think you would agree with is that you've got, to, you've got to put it against something solid. And we've put it against a concrete post. Yeah. Um, uh, they're, they're a natural wall shrub rather than a climber. There's a white version of it which is the Jasminoides album, which is more of a climbing habit. But the yeah, blue this, one needs... Well, this, this, well, what I'm trying to do is espalier it. Yeah. And it's working to a degree. Um, this one has got the, uh, the flowers, which are wisteria-like. You yeah. know, the blue ones. Yes. Very pretty, very successful. And it's good for people, because my wife's 87 and I'm 77, and, you know, we want something that will grow quick. <laughs> and it you does. want to see it mature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good shrub. Um, it can get a little bit knocked if it comes into leaf early on. with gets a, frosted A touch of frost, because it, it decides it's going to grow before it should. Yeah, um, but had, it's a good I bought it from a, from a, a nursery down in Sussex somewhere yeah. online. And it came with very good instructions, and it said just prune it in the in the spring. Yes, yeah. so you're quite happy with them, and you've got no problems then, really. Yeah, it's 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 excellent. A good news story. A good news story, <laughs> Graham. Thank you for your call. That's a pleasure. Thank you, Graham. There are oh, there's somebody who's telling us something that they really like, and someone else could pick up on it. John in Chelmsford, uh, you're talking uh, could, to Aram Lily, uh, is that right? That's right. Yeah, I've had. This Aram Lily now for, this is the sixth year. Yep. It's in an 18-inch mm. pot, so you can mm-hmm. imagine how big it is, but it's never, ever flowered. Okay. I cannot get it to flower. Any ideas? Um, I would imagine it's, they're a bit of a funny thing. They love the wet, um, and trying to keep them wet enough at the right times is always fun in a pot. Yeah. Because they're almost a marginal plant. So they're better off. In the ground and where you can flood them every now and then. What colour is it? Is it the white one? It's the white one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's better. It's in the wrong conditions. I would say it's probably happily enough growing, but not continually wet enough to encourage it to flower. Oh, right. Okay. All right. That's fine. Lovely. Thank you. Okay. What you could do is plant that pot in a bigger pot and then yeah. keep the outer pot very wet. Or a nice and that would work. Or it? something like that to, to hold a bit of water. You're listening to BBC Essex. You're listening to The Gardening Hour here with Dave Gillam and Ken Crowther. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11. Now, Dave, we were asking about that plant for Maureen, and uh, someone, a Jane, a Jane from Harlow, has said, could it be Primula vialii? Every chance. It could be. So that's <laughs> another one to look it, up. Yeah. That's another one to look up. There. And now my camasias are over. Do I cut down the spires, Hillary and Whittam? Again, let them die back. It's let better, them go it? back naturally. It's, yeah. it's so much better to do that, isn't you could it? Just deadhead the tops off if you want to, but make sure you leave the leaf alone and let it go down on its own. Hazel in Chelmsford, how can we help you, Hazel? Oh, good morning, Ken. I've got a very sick maple tree at the moment. A Japanese maple? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it comes through the winter, 
it came out in this beautiful leaf, and it's that really dark red that when the sun shines on it, it's almost fluorescent. Yeah. Well, when we had that first heavy rain a couple of weeks back, mm-hmm. we were out, and when we got home and the next morning I got up, there was barely any leaves left on that tree. I think there's about a dozen now, and I don't know what to do, whether to keep watering it and nurture it through the summer. Um, I would suspect it wouldn't be the rain. I reckon you had mm. a little visit by a, a cluster of caterpillars. That's what I would think. What, to come off as quick as that, the whole sure. lot? Yep, yeah, well, overnight. Especially the moth one. The moth, the moth ones. ones. We'll just clear that overnight. So I would oh just... Oh, my God. As long as the stems are still green yeah. underneath. Yeah, just the... check that there's none hanging around and, and just look after it. Don't let it get too wet if it's not got much leaf. And right. I think you'll find it will probably recover. Okay. Okay then. Good luck with that one. And now to Mick from Elm Park. Hello, Mick. Oh, hello there. Yeah. Um. Somebody's already stolen my thunder. I think. About <laughs> oh, premier. Um, do you think yeah. that is it? Do you think? I'm pretty sure because the way she explained about it being shaped like a plantain. Yeah. Well, the premier of Ialii is very similar to that shape. Yeah. And it's the only premier I can think of that doesn't really look like a premier. And would no, still be flowering now. Yeah. It's sort of like a. A kind of a mauvey blue colour, and the tip that hasn't quite opened is more yeah. of a crimson colour, isn't it? And a cone sort of pointy-shaped flower. So, Mick, yeah, w- Mick, thank you for ringing, and in fact, Mick's done a better description than we did, didn't yeah. he? So <laughs> the Mick, way you... she describes as if somebody yeah. painted a plantain, it just sort of sums up that appearance, Doesn't you know? Yes, could well be. Mick, thank you very much for your call. OK, thank you. Uh, and your description was superb, you see, and that's what's nice on radio, because you do need to describe <laughs> them. And we got... Um, is it Alva? I can't quite read that one. From Great Tay, is that right? That's right. How Hi, and we're talking aphids on apple trees? Yes, um, I've got like, uh, I've got about 10 apple trees uh-huh. that I've recently planted, well, three or four years, yeah. and uh, not had any problems other from deer and things like that. But uh, I've got two that I've, really got curled up leaves mm. and one has actually gone brown and even the fruit that's just formed they will. is falling off yeah. i sprayed it with a proprietary uh spray um a couple of weeks ago um and i've sprayed it again but uh i'm not stopping it at all and it spread to well i've got three trees now they will, won't yeah. aphid will Aphid will move very dramatically. I wouldn't worry about the apples dropping. I think that's no. the start of your June drop. That's not a problem. Right. Um, you All I can suggest to you, you're doing the right thing, but try using a different one each time. So a if you're going to spray, spray... Yeah, so alternate the sprays. Can I just ask you about that? Um, yeah. a, a Dutch friend of mine uh, suggested washing up fluid mixed with white spirit. Uh, we could uh, hang on hang on before you go any further white spirit and washing up liquid firstly i would suggest that anything like white spirit would burn the tree and secondly secondly we could not recommend anything that has not been registered as a spray that's really important Okay, so all the older concoctions... <laughs> you can't... We can't recommend... We couldn't say yes. It's up to you to no. test it if you wanted to. But quite honestly, the apples, don't <laughs> yeah. worry about them dropping. That could be the start of the June drop. And yeah. I think just remove just the worst ones. Remove the worst in. and just try it. You know, there's several out there. and Just just rotate them a bit. Give us a call now on 0300 200 4041. I've got a couple of lines free, and we can squeeze you in before... Uh, before before we finish at 12 o'clock. And I've got a couple of texts. Actually, um, I'm going to do Jenny, and then I'm going to mention Clive in Pitts, who sent us some pictures on the internet. So, Clive... Uh, no, Jenny from Tolshant Nights. Hi, Jenny. Oh, good morning. I wonder if you can help. I've got a honeysuckle. I refer to it as the old-fashioned original honeysuckle, mm-hmm. which is absolutely covered in aphids. It's got some <laughs> beautiful blooms on it, but the new shoots have got a lot of aphids yeah. on what can you suggest? I've been cutting them off and destroying them, but is there anything I can use to prevent it? You, you can't really prevent it, but you can cure it. So you just need oh, to right. use a decent insecticide, so a bug clear, a provado, or anything like that, um, and just spray it, and I will give it a week and spray again. But not in the hot sun, because no. you'll burn. Is that right? Oh, right, yeah. yes. Okay, that's fine. And that's also lovely. remember that anybody spraying early, very early morning, or in the evening, and you avoid 
any harm to bees and fly. It's not just bees, it's no. flying insects oh, that are so general. important for pollination. I would consider oh, using a, a rose spray as well because honeysuckle suffer with mildew. So if you've got aphids, the mildew's probably not far away. So if you use something like a rose clear as well, you know, instead, it might help you out on that, that score as well. I'd like to uh, now go to Maureen from Leon C. Hello, Maureen. Morning, Ken and Dave. Um, I've, I've got a, I had a, had a bamboo, which I've had for several years, in a, a square container. It became pot-bound. So we took it out and divided it up into four pieces, and we've now got four bamboos. Yeah, lovely. Now, we, we were a bit worried about whether they would survive the, uh, the torture we put them through. But, uh, in fact, little stems are coming up with leaves on from the, the bottom of the plant. Brilliant. Should I have cut the other canes down lower instead of just leaving them? Only if you want to. If they're alive oh. and they're looking okay, then they're fine. They're they're good there, and it's obviously growing new growth. So let yeah. it get on with let it. Go. They're pretty bulletproof. Yeah. Them things. <laughs> yes, they seem to be. And the other little question is: when I'm giving a liquid feed to plants, in, mm. especially in containers, is it okay to do that when they're actually in flower? Or yes. should I only do it before they flower? No, do it all the time. If they're in oh. flower, then they're probably still going to need it more. Splosh it over the foliage, but not if it's in the middle of the day and it's bright and sunny. Uh, now, I'd just like to go to the Clive in Pitsy who sent us a picture. Uh, thank you, Clive. Came in on, on email and uh, what was it? The Verbascum. The Verbascum. They are Verbascum. And we go back to Sandra in Housestead. Hello, Sandra. Hi, good morning. And what can we do for you? You've got a holly tree. Uh, we've got a holly tree. It's about 20 foot high. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we moved into the property last year, so I don't know a lot about it. But um, it's really losing lots of leaves. The leaves are getting brown spots on and yeah. then turning yellow, and we're Dropping losing off. quite a few. That's, that's quite normal. You've got new growth probably coming on it, and they will have a shed of the old stuff. And, unfortunately the, and unfortunately, the spot is a holly spot. It's an ilex yeah. spot. It's like lots of plants get spot. It is a problem, but there's nothing much you, you can do You can't really do it. anything about it. It will go through, but then the new leaf should cover the old. All right. Lovely. Thank all you right. very much. No worry at all from Sandra in Halstead. Elaine from... You've got a lemon tree problem. You're in Stansted, Elaine. Yes, that's right. I have. Um, I've noticed, uh, it's also not just my lemon tree. I think um, whatever my lemon tree had has passed it on to my, my kumquat tree as well. <laughs> um, I, thought, I, I thought initially it was like a little brown spot on the back of the leaves. But when I touched it, it moved. And yeah. um, obviously, in, in the conservatory, there was all like sticky patches. Yeah, sounds um, like scale insect. Right. We've yeah, yeah Dave, Dave's identified. Hang on, Dave's identified as scale insect. How do you get rid of it on, on lemons and perhaps mm. camasia? Uh, well, you can. Spraying is fun because um, it has, tends to just run off the shiny leaf. It does. Um, you could just try wiping them off first and then just give a little spray just to try what, and knock with back a wipe of some sort? Yeah, just a, a leaf wipe or something. If you can take them off and then a preventative spray. A bit of scale insect, I would say. Oh, right. Yeah, because it's referred to as a stinky bug or something, isn't it, as well? Yeah, they, well, you get woolly aphid as well on them, but if it's under the leaf and it's, it's just that little spot and what's the, the stickiness is the sap that the bug is basically taking in and putting back out the other end <laughs> are you actually in it are you in an aircraft <laughs> i wish i was no, no oh, with my husband. oh i see <laughs> okay it, sa it sounded like an aircraft but it's sorry no offense to the car <laughs> thank you thanks elaine for the I'm glad we're giving the right information. <laughs> they are. Thank you very much. That's Elaine, who's driving near Stansted. And we go to Peggy from Reading. Hello, Peggy. Hello. Peonies, we're talking. What's the problem? We are. I've got um, three plants that I've planted. One, actually, I've planted it. It's very successful, and it's blooming, and it looks gorgeous. 
One that I uh, recently bought that I've planted, and I think it's a shorter version of the taller stem. Mm-hmm. And then one that we inherited when we bought the house, and I've, re- I've relocated it to a different yeah. area quite recently, actually, in March. Um, the w- I only have one that's actually really performing and budding. The other one that I moved um, that had buds on it and looked like it was going to flower after I, I moved it in March isn't flowering, and the one that I recently purchased doesn't have anything on it. It's, it's very leafy. Do they take a while to establish? Yep, young plants may need to settle in, and where you've moved the other one, it's just caused enough shock for it to not finish developing the bud. So that's the problem, time, basically. Time will sort them out. So peonies, you've just got to be patient. Don't move them too often, and no. don't keep the crown above the ground, which is really important as yeah. well, isn't it, Dave? Um, and Maureen has called back to say thank you very much for those people that suggested the plant. That's really important as well. So they are. Um, that's all for today, Dave. <laughs> I'd like to thank you very much, and thank sorry you. to those who we haven't answered. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk forward slash BBC Essex. And if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call and be part of the programme every Saturday morning from 11 on BBC Essex. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11.